The National Broadcasting Company presents Joel McRae in Tales of the Texas Rangers. From Hollywood, another authentic reenactment of a case transcribed from the files of the Texas Rangers. of the Texas Rangers, starring Joel McRae as Ranger Chase Pearson. Texas, more than 260,000 square miles, and 50 men who make up the most famous and oldest law enforcement body in North America. From the files of the Texas Rangers come these stories based on fact. Only names, dates, and places are fictitious for obvious reasons. The events themselves are a matter of record. Case for tonight, the blow-off. It is approximately 11 p.m. June 16th, 1947. Aaron Cortwright is watering the gravel apron of his mobile gas station at the intersection of a farm road and Highway 75, a few miles south of Glenwood, Texas. A car drives up to the pump. Um... Yeah, howdy, folks. Howdy. Fill her up. You betcha. Hey, you got a telephone here? Yep. Over in the office there. Better try that call again, Bell. Okay. Yeah, it's... Take me a second. Coil up this hose and I'll be right with you. Yeah. Pretty night, ain't it? Uh, yeah. Yeah, sure is. Yeah. There we are. Uh, fill her up, you see? Yeah, with special. Oh, sorry, mister. Truck busted the handle off the hand pump on the special. Uh, regular be all right? I got no choice, have I? My car's about empty. <laughs> Taking kind of a chance, weren't you? Why, what do you mean? Yeah, it's about to close up. Next station is better than 30 miles away ahead. Well, we made it. That's what counts. Look, can't you hurry it up? Oh, sure, sure, man. Hey, what you doing in there? Hey, hey, you get away from that cash drawer. Never mind her. Just hope this gun don't blow your head off. Now, shove that nozzle into the tank. You ain't getting my money, you old fool. <coughs> Please, you with a whole hey, nozzle. Blame right, I will. Yeah, that ain't me that's getting killed. Get to the car, quick. Dummy. Me? I got the dough, didn't I? What'd you go for it so soon for? I didn't get a chance to get any gas in the tank. You had plenty of time to get gas. How'd I know you were going to stand there gabbing instead? Now what do we do? Try to make it through the next station. What a spot, Duke Bishop, a smart operator. Ah, shut up. Will you? That don't help. I'll think of something. Well, that's the end of the gas. How far we come? Ten, eleven miles. Let's flag us a ride and get out of here. And leave the car? Wouldn't that be smart? Like leaving our calling cards pinned to that stiff back there. This buggy's ours, don't forget. Well, can't we take the license plates off and ditch them or something? Oh, why does a woman have to be so dumb? There's a motor number. You can't get rid of that. Come on, pile out. Wait a minute. I got an idea. What? Know how we'll get some gas? How? Big as an oil well? No, no. We're going to play it smart. We're going to catch a ride back to that filling station and discover a murder. 
Duke. Yeah? Light's still on. No cars around. Don't look like anybody's been here. Well, you can't tell. It's been over a half hour. Hey, we're in luck. It's working out just right. Nobody has been here. He's lying just like we left him. There's some gas cans, Duke. Let's pump one full and get out of here. We can't do that. Why not? Because the guy that picked us up and dumped us out across the highway would remember us, sure. But you said we were coming back to get gas. I said we're coming back to discover a murder. We're going to act like law-abiding citizens. Now, get in there. Telephone for the law. You're deliberately trying to get us burned. I'm trying to keep us out of the chair. Now, get in there on that phone quick. Here comes a couple of cars. Go on! What are you doing here, mister? Well, there's a dead man here. I I think he's been shot. My wife's inside calling the police. We've already been notified. I'm Sheriff Pruitt of Glenwood. The man in that car behind me just came into town to report it. Oh, well, this is terrible, Sheriff. Uh, hold up, do you suppose? Probably. Ask your wife to step out here. Oh, sure, sure, of course. Oh, Belle, forget the telephone. The sheriff's here. What? I say the sheriff's here. Oh. Has somebody else report this? Yeah, uh, this is Mrs. Bishop, Sheriff. Howdy, Howdy ma'am. How long you two been here? Well, just a few minutes. Uh, got here just before you did. Now, where's your car? Ten, eleven miles down the line. Ran out of gas down there. You get a lift up here? Yeah. Charlie. Yeah? Charlie, is everything here just like it was when you drove in and discovered the body? Well, seems like, Sheriff, near as I can tell. Any sign of these folks around when you stopped? Nobody was around except poor Jim laying on his face and all that blood. Ever see these folks before? No. Can't say I ever did. Okay. Did you touch anything here, Mr. Bishop? That uh, gas hose hanging unhooked there at the pump, the body? Of course not, Sheriff. We just discovered the body and tried to notify authorities. How about you, Miss Bishop? Oh, no. Well, just the telephone. All right. You can go back inside now if it'd be more comfortable, ma'am. Thank you, Sheriff. I'm afraid I am a little shaky. Uh, look, Sheriff, this has been quite a shock to her. Couldn't we get some gas and ride back to our car so we can be on our way? I'm afraid not. I'm going to phone for the Rangers. You'll have to stay till they get here. In response to Sheriff Pruitt's call, Ranger Jace Pearson was assigned to the case. Within two hours, he had carefully gone over the available information and evidence. All right, Mr. Bishop. I guess that'll be all the questions for now. But before you and your wife leave, I'd like to have your full name and address in case we want to contact you later. Oh, glad to, Ranger. Here it is on my driver's license. John Bishop, 980 West Pamela Street, Corsicana. That's a shady rest we, we have an apartment. Well, you're headed away from Corsicana now. When will you be back? Well, I, I've got an appointment in Houston tomorrow about a job, but we'll be back home, oh, day after tomorrow. Anything we can do, Ranger, just let us know. Thanks. You've both been very helpful. Sheriff had his deputy over there get you a tin of gas. He'll run you down to your car. Oh, it's mighty nice of you, Sheriff. Glad to help out. Bye, Mr. Bishop. Bye. Bye, Ranger. Thanks again. Good night. Right, decent folks, Jay. Sure seem to be. But a nasty case. Nothing to go on. Not much, apparently, but maybe we can turn something up. Got any ideas, Jase? Uh-huh. First off, I'm going to Radio Austin for the lab crew. Have them scour this place from top to bottom. The lab crew went over Jim Courtright's station with a fine-tooth comb. While I waited for the lab report, I spent most of the next day searching the area for someone might have seen a car or a suspicious action near the station the night before. I drew a complete blank and went back to the sheriff's office. Hi, Sheriff. Oh, hello, Jace. Thought you were never coming back. Find anything? Nope. 
Nobody seems to have been traveling Highway 75 last night. Lab boys didn't hit any jackpot either. Here's their report. Just came in. Hmm. Lab figures like we did that there was quite a scuffle before the shots were fired, but it don't mean much. No. But something in this fingerprint report might. You mean those matching prints found on the telephone receiver in the cash drawer? Uh-huh. Austin didn't have any record on whoever made them, so what good does that do? The report says they were fresh. These prints don't match the ones taken from the body, so they aren't court rights. Hey, wait a minute, Sheriff. Hmm? When you arrived at Courtright Station, Mrs. Bishop was at the telephone, wasn't she? Yeah, she was trying to call me. Well, then she was the last person to use the phone before those prints were pulled. Well, do you suppose that's her print on the phone? If it is, I'd sure like to know what its duplicate was doing on Courtright's cash drawer. Yeah. And Bishop said himself he was on his way down to Houston to see about a job. If he was unemployed and broke, well, that'd sure be a motive. I think we'd better run up to Corsicana tomorrow and sort of welcome Mr. and Mrs. Bishop when they get back from Houston. Late the next afternoon, Sheriff Pruitt and I rolled down a quiet Corsicana street to the address John Bishop had given us. Shady Rest turned out to be a shabby rooming house set next to a wide, weed-grown lot. I'll buy you a new Winchester if this deal pans out, Jason. Mm, let's hope it costs you, Sheriff. You better knock again. Yes? Good afternoon, ma'am. This is Sheriff Pruitt of Glenwood, and I'm Ranger Pearson. Well, howdy. I'm Ethel Hastings. Miss Ethel Hastings. I'm the owner here. How do you do, Miss Hastings? I wonder if you could give us a little information. Well, maybe. What you want to know? We understand Mr. and Mrs. John Bishop are due back from Houston this afternoon. We were wondering if they've arrived yet. You mean Duke and Belle Bishop? Huh. They have not arrived, and they're not gone to. Uh, what makes you so sure? Because I evicted them, that's what. Evicted them? When? Day four yesterday morning. Well, that's the morning of the same day the court right thing took place, Jake. Yeah. Oh, why were they evicted, ma'am? Well, I'm patient, and I'm long-suffering. But I'm a woman alone in this world, and I have to look out for my own interests. That pair's been living off me half the winter, and all spring, and there just had to be an end to it. Non-payment of rent, eh? Would you say they were broke? Well, if they wasn't, they sure had it hid good. Any idea where they were going? To perdition. I'll guarantee that the way the two of them lolled around all the time, drinking and turning down offers for honest work. Well, what I meant was, did they leave a forwarding address? No. But they'll be sending me one as soon as they locate. You can count on that. Well, you seem pretty sure, ma'am. I am. They only had one thing of any value. Beat up old trunk that they tried to sneak out to their car. The way they hollered when I locked it up for the back rent, it must be worth something. I told them they could send for it when they had my money. You mind if we look at this trunk? Well, now I don't want to do nothing wrong. But with the law with me, I guess it'd be all right, wouldn't it? I think so, Miss Hastings. Well, then come right this way with me. What uh, model rifle you want, Chase? Looks like I might be buying you one. Just be dying to look at this trunk myself. What in the world those two could have that was that valuable? Now, it's right in the storeroom here. That's it. Right there. Open her up, Sheriff. Let's right. see what's inside. Hmm. There's nothing in the trunk except something wrapped in that old shirt. Let's see what it is. Can you beat that? Oh, cover it up, quick! Get it out of here! Get it out of here! 
Oh, now, calm yourself, ma'am. It isn't what it looks like. My it looks like a jug of alcohol to me with a baby in it. A baby oh. with two heads. Oh, my heart. My heart, where's my medicine? I've got to have my medicine. Now, easy, ma'am. Oh. You're all right. That's a sideshow gadget. Just a rubber doll made to look like the real thing. You mean it's a fake, Chase? Sure. I've seen oh. them in theatrical supply house catalogs. All sorts and sizes. Mummies, too. Fake! Well, I might have known it. Anything that pair had to be no good. I I suppose it don't have much value, does it, Ranger? Do you? I'm afraid not. Not unless you want to join a sideshow. Sideshow? Ranger, I'll have you to know I'm a respectable woman. And you've been a very helpful one, too, Miss Hastings. Thanks. Come on, Sheriff. That bottle was the blamedest thing I ever saw, Jase. What do you suppose the bishops had it for? I bet they wish they had it now. You in the mood for a few days of traveling? Anything that'll bring us up with the bishops. Good thing we know where to start looking for them. Do we, Jase? Living in a cheap rooming house, running out of money towards spring, refusing jobs, that faked-up exhibit they tried to sneak out with them. Sheriff, you and I are going hunting for carnivals. just a moment, we will continue with Tales of the Texas Rangers, starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson. It is absolutely imperative that our armed forces have an adequate reserve of blood plasma at all times. The only answer to this crisis is you, the American people, who have never failed in such an emergency. The Department of Defense urges every one of us to contribute blood plasma. Blood cannot be manufactured or cultivated. It must be given by human beings to save a life. Make an appointment right away to donate a pint of your blood. Then, know in your heart that you have saved a life. We continue now with Tales of the Texas Rangers. And tonight's case, The Blow-Off. An authentic story from the files of the Texas Rangers. Working from published carnival routes, Sheriff Pruitt and I tracked down one show after another without finding any trace of Duke Bishop and his wife. No showman's organization had ever heard of them. We were beginning to lose hope by the time we arrived at Rocky Pass, where a carnival company was working the annual Rocky County Fair. Golly, Chase, did you ever see such a jam? Carnivals are fun, Sheriff. That's what they're for. Well, personally, I'm about fed up with them. And it looks like we're going to draw a blank here, too. No sign of a two-headed baby. Well, we haven't checked that sideshow over there yet. Another one? Do we have to? <laughs> They're getting kind of old to me now, too. This looks like a pit layout. Is that good? Well, it'll be the likeliest place for our pair to be working one of those fake baby exhibits. If that's what they went back to. What do you mean, a pit layout, Chase? Pit shows, they call them. A lot of acts and exhibits under one top. One admission for the bunch. They use pits instead of platforms to separate the performers from the audience. <laughs> what a business. Come on, let's see if this show's got anything to interest us. Hey, mister. Mister. You mean me, Ranger? Mind stepping down here a moment? I'd like to ask you a couple of questions. Instantly read your fourth week without delay. All right, step right up to the window, folks. The little lady would be happy to take your money. It's only two bits, 25 cents, a quarter part of a dollar. Ah. Now, what can I do for you gentlemen of the law? 
The sheriff and I are looking for a husband and wife team. We have reason to believe we're working a show like this. Rangy, it's one of the puzzles of my long and chicken career why millions of the law insist upon hounding us hard-working connies. Uh, this is the first case I've ever had to investigate in the show business, mister. I hope it's the last. A commendable sentiment, Sheriff. Very commendable. The people we're looking for probably operate some kind of an exhibit with what they claim is a two-headed baby in a jar of alcohol. Yeah, uh, hopscotches. Huh? What's that? Hopscotches. Uh, not regular dyed-in-the-wool connies. Drifters that uh, keep switching from one show to another. They'd be the kind be using that ancient sucker bait. Anything like that with this show? A fake you can order out of a supply house by the dozen with this show? Absolutely not, Ranger. Uh, how about in this tent? You got a lot of freaks? Natural phenomena, Sheriff. Wonders of nature. All right, all right. Have you got a two-headed baby in there? Yeah, not even a one-headed one. But there are some husband and wife teams. Now, just step over here with me and look them over for yourself. Go ahead, Sheriff. Follow him. Might as well be sure. Yeah, I uh, Right over here, Ranger. Excuse me, folks. Excuse me. Now, Sheriff, we have here Zara, the world's heaviest human body. She requires the calorie intake of ten normal adults. Well, I'm afraid she's not the one we're looking for. Well, all right. Right over here next is her husband, the sword swallow. Well, we're not interested in him either. Well, now, don't rush yourself, Sheriff. Don't rush. Be sure. Look, but the bishops weren't performers. They operated an exhibit. What did you say? Duke and Bell Bishop. Uh, you know him? Uh, why, no, no. The name mean anything to you? Mm, no, nothing, nothing at all. Uh, now, this gentleman over here is Serpentina, the rubber woman. Hey, wait a minute. What's that over there? Uh, where? Through that doorway, under the banner that says, See and Believe. Oh, that? Why, uh, that's the blow-off. Now, if you just... Now, don't be in such a hurry, you. mister. What's a blow-off? It's, uh, well, it's an added attraction for which there's uh, an extra admission charge. Kind of a come-on, eh? I suppose you could put it that way, Sheriff. Just what is this added attraction? Kind of a shocker. A woman without a head. Alive? Uh, merely a cheap illusion, gentlemen. Well, we'll take a look just the same. Come on, Sheriff. Now, ladies and gentlemen, this unfortunate woman sitting before you on this chair. <laughs> there he is, Sheriff. There's Bishop. Well, I'll be darned. Jason. That she Barker breathes. said this no-head business was an illusion. Look at them pipes and wires and stuff feeding into her neck. And she's moving. That must be Bishop's wife. Uh-huh. Don't think he's seen us yet. Come on. This little lady would die in just about 60 seconds. Hey, Bell, duck quick, the ranger. Keep clear, folks. Hold it, Bell. They're ducking out under the tent, Chase. The canvas is loose here. Out this way, Sheriff. Don't see him, Chase. There they go, Sheriff. Into the crowd, out in the midway. Come on. Hold it, Bishop. Too many people here to risk gunplay. You gotta be careful. Yeah. Watch it. He's gonna fire, Jade. They're heading for the parking lot. Yeah, I see them. We lost them, Jace. Yeah, they could hide in here all night with so many cars jammed together. Our ears are better than our eyes in a spot like this. Hear anything? Not yet. Hey, what's that? There goes a car, but it ain't the one they had. They probably stole this one, but it's them, all right. They're heading right for the fairground fence. Yeah, and they're going to go through it. Over to our car, quick. By the time we drive through the auto gate, they'll be long gone. We aren't driving through the auto gate either. Think you can hit that hole they made in the fence, Jace? Watch me try. Brace yourself. Oh, just like threading a needle. Keep your eyes open for him while I get on the radio. 
Unit 10 to KTXA. Unit 10 to KTXA. KTXA to Unit 10. Go ahead, Unit 10. Unit 10 is pursuing a green new model four-door Nash sedan southbound on Highway 285, two miles south of Rocky Pass. Car is presumed stolen. The occupants are wanted for murder. Unit 10 requests roadblocks on all possible avenues of escape from this area. Will do, Unit 10. KTXA Austin. Although we drove at top speed, the pursuit ended at a ranger roadblock 50 miles south of Rocky Pass. Units at the roadblock had not seen the described car, so we knew Duke and Bell Bishop had turned off on some tributary road before they reached the barricade. We turned back on Highway 285 to search for them. There's the farm road I was talking about up ahead, Jace. They could have taken it. Yeah, pretty sparsely settled country out west of here. Let's take a look, Sheriff. Tight, Jace. I'll check it. See anything, Sheriff? Well, this looks like it, Jace. Fresh tire tracks. Somebody made an awful fast turn off the highway. Direction of travel is right, too. Maybe our luck's changing, Sheriff. Let's find out. Sure, getting rough. Yeah, it's beginning to get dark. If we don't get lined up there pretty soon, Jace. They may dodge us altogether. I don't think so, Sheriff. They've been giving us a bad time, and they may give us a worse one. But the department's got this whole area isolated. Before we're through, we may wish we had your trailer and our horses. Yeah, I was thinking of that too. KTXA to Unit Ten. That's us, isn't it? KTXA to Unit Ten. Yeah. Unit Ten to KTXA. Go ahead. Highway Patrol Unit 402 reports contact with subject's car 11 miles west of Highway 285. Second dirt road to left off of Farm Road 971. Subjects maintaining excessive speed on nearly impassable road. Unit 402 requests backing. We passed the second dirt road to the left yet, Sheriff? No. Wait. Wait. Looks like one at the bottom of this hill. Yeah. 10-4, Unit 10, approaching turnoff to Farm Road 971 now. Relay to Unit 402. We're coming behind him. Unit 10, clear. 10-4, KDXA Austin. Hang on, Sheriff. Looks like a bad turn. Well, the dust has settled, but you can still smell it in the air. Yeah. The highway patrol car got to be just up ahead. Yeah, and he's right behind Bishop and his wife. How's your shooting eye? Pretty tolerable, Jerry. But I could do with a little practice. You're apt to get it. And reach my rifle out of the back seat. All right. Get a shot, Sheriff. Try for the tires. If they don't stop then, try for the best target you can get. Okay, Jace. You have to smell the dust in the air now. You can see it. Jace, look out. The road is dead ending. Tracks keep right on at the brush. So are we. Oh, what are you stopping for? You see something? Look. In that little gully. The highway patrol car. I'm inside. Watch yourself, Sheriff. Keep that rifle ready. No sign of the other car. Its tracks keep right on through the brush. Here. Give me a hand with this top door. Gotta get the patrolman out of there. Let me get his feet. Easy now, Sheriff. Lift him out flat. Like he was on a stretcher. Now down on this patch of grass. Is he bad off, Jace? Yeah. Some abrasions and probably a mild concussion. And you got a nasty lump on the side of his head. Glad it isn't any worse. What do we do, Jace? 
I'm going to radio for an ambulance to pick him up. Then we'll have to stay here and wait for it. Yeah, it's too dark to do much tracking in this brush anyway. We'll night it here. By morning, we're going to have us those horses you were wishing we'd brought along. The highway patrolman was not seriously injured. During the night, our horses were towed into us. And by sunrise, the sheriff and I were in the saddle, working toward other mounted rangers, closing in on Duke and Bell Bishop from the opposite side. We found their car, and much later in the day, followed their tracks to a small, dilapidated ranch house. Whoa, Sharky. Oh, boy. Yeah, somebody's home there. Smoke's in the chimney. Yeah. But listen, Sheriff. You mean that old cow talking? Yeah. What's it sound like she's saying? She sounds like somebody forgot to milk her this morning. Yeah, would a rancher forget something like that? What are you driving at, Jace? Suppose somebody put the rancher out of commission so he couldn't take care of the cow. And a minute ago, I was ready to ride right up to that front door. Yeah, I'll leave the horses here. We'll work the rest of the way on foot. It's going to be ticklish business. If they're in there, they've probably got their hands on every gun in the house. Yeah, I've got a hunch they may try to bluff it out till we actually bust in on them. You take the front door. I'll cut around to the back. Whichever way they break, then, we'll have them. we better have a signal so I know when to rush the front, Chase. We'll make your rush if you hear a shot or if I holler. Whichever's first. All right. Good luck. Same to you, Sheriff. We'll both need it. Approaching that house without cover or real knowledge of what lay behind the doors is the kind of work officers do only because it's part of their jobs. Death is close, and they know it. I told you to stay by those back windows. I'm just not scared. Maybe there's rangers all around here. We've got to get out of here. Yeah, maybe we'd better. We're not together. You take the back way. Both of you stay right where you are. Look out, Sheriff! Come on, out in front with you. No. There. What a gag you like that couple lying there in the corner. Now, out on the front porch. You hit that, Sheriff? Nicking the arm. Here, you. Get your arms around this porch post. Those cuffs will keep you out of mischief. Bishop, hold up behind that water trough. Yeah, I'll flush him out. Bishop, I'm giving you a chance. Come out from behind there with your hands up. You hear me? Come and get me, Ranger. Okay. I will. Give up, Chase? I'm afraid he did, Sheriff. Permanently. Duly tried in the county courts at Glenwood, Texas, Belle Bishop was found guilty as an accessory in the murder of Jim Courtright. Her sentence... Fifty years in the women's prison at Gory. Next week, Joel McRae in another authentic reenactment of a case from the files of the Texas Rangers. Joel McRae is currently seen starring in the Universal International Technicolor production, Cattle Drive. The cast included Tony Barrett, Eddie Marr, Gerald Moore, Betty Lou Gerson, Ed Begley, and Jeanette Nolan. 
Technical advisor was Captain M.T. Lone Wolf Gonzalez of the Texas Rangers. This story was transcribed and adapted by Tom Blackburn, and the program was produced and directed by Stacy Keach. This is Hal Gibney speaking. The National Broadcasting Company presents Joel McRae in Tales of the Texas Rangers. From Hollywood, another authentic reenactment of a case transcribed from the files of the Texas Rangers. Tales of the Texas Rangers, starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson. Texas, more than 260,000 square miles, and 50 men who make up the most famous and oldest law enforcement body in North America. Now, from the files of the Texas Rangers come these stories based on fact. Only names, dates, and places are fictitious for obvious reasons. The events themselves are a matter of record. Case for tonight, Dead Giveaway. It is 1.30 a.m. December 4th, 1945. A single light glows in the living room of a farmhouse four miles from the town of Ashton in West Texas. Inside the house, a frantic young woman tries to place a telephone call. Operator. Operator. Oh, please. Operator. Operator. Get me the sheriff, quickly. Is that you, Mrs. Deneen? Yes, yes. Hurry. Oh, this is Mary Lou, Mrs. Deneen. I'm working nights now. Is something Mary, wrong? Mary, stop talking and get me the sheriff. Oh, all right. Sheriff Ross speaking. Sheriff, this is Mrs. Deneen. You've got to come out to my house right away. Right away. Now, take it easy, Mrs. Deneen. What seems to be wrong? Somebody's prowling around outside, trying to get into the house. Isn't your husband there? No. He went to Abilene on business. Something woke me up, and I thought at first it was the baby. And then I heard a noise outside. Ah! Mrs. Deneen, what is it? Somebody came in. I'll be right there. Sheriff Ross less than 15 minutes to get to the Deneen farm. But Mrs. Deneen and her four-month-old baby were dead when he arrived. The sheriff called for the assistance of the Texas Rangers. Ranger Jace Pearson was assigned. Jace Pearson? Yeah, Sheriff. You got here right quick. Yeah, I was over the next county when your call came through. Well, I hope you got a little sleep, because you won't get much now. Better come in out of this cold. How long ago did it happen? About a half hour ago, 1.30. Mrs. Deneen called me, woke me up at home, said somebody was trying to bust in. Right in here, Jace. 
Shot right through the chest, huh? Yeah. She leave the phone hanging off the hook like that? I reckon so. Whoever broke in, they broke in just before I hung up. Nothing's been touched, Chase. I know. I had a time getting past your deputies down the main road. The phone operator's been buzzing everybody. We don't want half the county barging in here messing things up, so I blocked them all. Good. Where's the baby? In there, the front bedroom. You can look if you want to, Jace. It's a little more than I can take twice. How old? Only four months, Jace. Little girl. Where'd he break in? Side door, I'll show you. Where's the husband? Abilene, on business. I called the chief of police there. He's going to check the hotels and notify him. Right, here's the door. It was wide open. That's how I got in to open the front door. Lock doesn't seem to be broken. Must have been picked. The Neens keep much money around the house? As little or as much as most folks, I guess. But I don't think Andy's missing. There's Mr. Deneen's purse on the kitchen table. Mm, killer couldn't have missed that. You check it? Yeah, about $40 in it. It hasn't been touched. Well, it wasn't robbery then, Sheriff. No. There's no sign of any other motive. But there's got to be one, Jay. Yeah. The toughest motive of all. Because it's the easiest hidden. Hate. The kind of hate the devil wouldn't hold. <laughs> through the rest of the house, but we didn't find anything that would help us until we got outside. It's cold tonight, Jace. Ground's frozen hard. Yeah. If we find a trace, it won't be much. Keep your flash close to the ground. All right. Why are you working back of the house here, away from the driveway? Because I think the killer came in from this direction, probably on foot. Why? Why, you said Mrs. Deneen told you she woke up when she heard somebody prowling around outside. Yeah, a horse or a car coming up the gravel road around front would have made even more noise. Woke her up sooner. Say, that's right. I heard your car coming from quite a ways off. That's why I was standing out in front to meet you when you drove hey, up. Wait a minute. What is it, Jase? Piece of bailing wire. Bent in the shape of a key. Well, that must about be what he used to get in. Maybe. Or maybe that's what somebody wants us to think. Let's take another look at that door. Yeah. What makes you think the wire was planted there, Jason? I'll tell you better when we try it in the lock. Well, beats me why a killer'd leave something deliberately. That's what makes me think something's wrong. Well, this wouldn't have been dropped so close to the house. And grab the door and hold it up high. I don't want to mess up any prints around the lock. You got it. Now, let's see how this wire fits. Yeah. Goes in perfect, Jace. Yeah. Watch when I turn it. Yeah. Hey, wire's just twisting. And it'll keep on twisting. This wire isn't strong enough to turn the tumbler in the lock. Then how did the killer get in, Jace? If you ask me, Sheriff, I think he had a regular key. I put in a call for a fingerprint sheriff called to have the bodies picked up for autopsy. Then we went outside and started trailing again. We found a few directional traces, but they petered out in the dark. Can't see anything at night on this ground, Jace. Try cutting back and forth a little further. Yeah, all right. Man, we're following was weaving, trying to throw us off. It just makes it tougher to track. He's got to be headed for some place, some definite direction. We might as well establish which direction. Yeah, guess there's nothing much we can do except this until we have some daylight. Save us an hour in the morning. Then we can track on horses without wasting time finding out which way to go. If 
by sunup, we knew the killer's general direction had been west. The sheriff got his horse from town. I unloaded charcoal from the trailer, and we rode. He kept heading west, all right. But there's nothing out this way for miles once he got into those hills up ahead. Any kind of a road between here and the hills? Yeah, old wagon road just beyond the scrub on the rise we're coming to. Does it connect with a state road? It does, but nobody uses it. Maybe somebody did. Is it in good enough condition for a car to run through? Mm, reckon it is. You figure he had a car waiting for him? Had to have a car or a horse staked out someplace. Come on. Let's make right for the road. Uh, yeah. yeah. Wagon road lead to any other farm in the area? Used to lead to the old Mullen place. But that's burned out. Nobody living there anymore. No, huh? no old folks dead. Young Ted Mullen moved away a couple of years ago. Oh, here's the road. Oh, oh, charcoal. Headed pretty straight last tracks we saw. Must have reached the road right near here. Yeah, we'll find some mark if he crossed it and kept going. Mm. Well, he didn't keep going. Uh, Look. Fire mm. track. Had a car staked out, all right. Turned the car around here to head back for the highway. Could have been somebody else waiting in the car for him. Maybe, but I don't think so. Yeah, look at the heel marks. Walked around to the driver's side of the car to get in. Yeah. And there's something else here, too. Uh, Dropped this cigarette butt and stepped on it. Yeah. Sure didn't smoke much of it. Didn't even burn down to the brand mark. Well, at least we know what brand he smokes. About all we do know, Jace. Won't be anything to follow at the main road. He sure won't leave a trail there. No. Mount up. Let's get back to the house. We rode back to Deneen's. As we came to the farm, we saw a couple of cars that hadn't been there when we left. Looks like company, Sheriff. car next to mine belongs to our lab. The others must be the coroner's. Oh, coroner ought to have been and gone by now. Nope, no, that isn't the coroner's car, Jay. Blue sedan, that belongs to Walter Deneen. The husband? Yeah, must have got back from Abilene. Yes, yeah, Deneen, all right. There he is, sitting on the side porch. Walter Deneen sat with his face buried in his hands until we dismounted and walked up to him. The lab crew was in the house looking for Leighton Prince. Howdy, Walter. Oh, howdy, sir. Walter, I can't tell you how... Don't say anything, please. Ask me anything you like, but I don't want anybody else telling me how sorry they are. Better let me talk to him, Sheriff. Sure, Jason. <laughs> Mr. Deneen, it'd help us a lot to know one thing. You or your family have any enemies? Enemies? Could there be an enemy as bad as this? We know the house wasn't robbed. Have you ever had any trouble with anybody, uh... No matter how small it seemed, now's the time to remember it. If there was anybody, I wouldn't tell you. I'd take care of it myself. That's no way to be, Walter. Don't go telling me how to act, Sheriff. You didn't come home to your house ten minutes ago. You didn't find your wife and kids the way I found mine. Mr. Deneen, why don't you try to get a little rest? We'll talk to you later. Yeah, okay. Anything I can do, Walter, just holler. Yeah. You been able to think of anybody who might have had it in for him? Not a soul, Jace. Unless it was Ted Mullen. The one you told me about? Family that was burned out? Yeah. But, Jace, that was five years ago. Sometimes hate doesn't die with age. What happened? Well, old folks just got to brooding and died off after the house burned. Young Ted blamed Walter. Why? 
windmill at the Mullen place was busted. They tried to borrow from Walter to get it fixed, but he turned them down. Ted said if the mill had been working, it would have pumped enough water for him to put the fire on. Uh, young Mullen the kind to hold a grudge? Well, after five years, Jace. And he moved out a long time ago. Where? Who knows? Come on. I'll call my headquarters by radio. Maybe they can get a line on Mullen. All right. They find out where he is, it won't do any harm to check on where he was. Well, last night. it won't hurt any. But I can't believe that a man after... Hey, hold it, Sheriff. Uh, well, that's only Walter's car, Jace. What are you looking at? The design of the tire treads. Look at him. Well, that may be. It's the same design we saw in the dirt road where the killer picked up a car to make his getaway. But, Jace, that was hard ground. Could barely see the tread. And tires like that are standard on lots of cars. Yeah, I know. Just the same. I want to look this car over. Left his ignition keys in. You gonna start it? No. Just want to take a look at the dash. He said he got back from Abilene ten minutes ago, didn't he? That's what he said. Take a look at that temperature gauge. Uh, let me see. Register's cold. Yeah. Only it should be pretty warm if he finished to drive a couple of hundred miles just ten minutes ago. Could have dropped back, Jace. Not in ten minutes, Sheriff. It's a cold morning, but not that cold. Well. I want to talk to Deneen again. He... You see something else? I sure do. Look at this on the frame of the door. Service station lubrication sticker. Yeah. Dated December 2nd, day before yesterday. 18,412 miles. The mileage on the dash shows he's driven less than 200 miles since then. He couldn't have been in Abilene. Well, wait a minute, Jace. I admit that looks funny, but... The man we were chasing, he ground out a cigarette, remember? Well, what about it? I've known Walter since he was a boy, Jace. He don't smoke. Mary Lou Simmons, phone operator. Who let you in, Mary Lou? I told the deputy I put Mrs. Deneen's call through to you last night. He thought you might want to talk to me. Ain't it just awful? You talk to her. I, I was still on the line after you hung up, Sheriff. I heard it all, the shots and everything. Uh, you hear any voice beside Mrs. Deneen? No. No, I just heard her say, who are you, what do you want, and then the shots. That was all. You sure she said, who are you? Oh, cross my heart. I heard it as plain guess you don't want to talk to Walter now, do you, Jace? No. I guess not. In... We continue now with Tales of the Texas Rangers. And tonight's case, Dead Giveaway. An authentic story from the files of the Texas Rangers. I didn't want to question Walter Deneen until I'd had a chance to check on his movements. The sheriff and I drove into town and called the Abilene police. The answer didn't fit. Don't think there's any doubt about who he was, Ranger. Okay, thanks. Thanks very much. Well, guess that does it, Sheriff. Deneen was in Abilene, huh? Uh-huh. Checked into the Harris Hotel yesterday about noon. Checked out again at 2.10 this morning, right after the police notified him of the murder. Police could have spoken to anybody on the phone. And they didn't tell him by phone. Police sergeant went up and told him direct. Uh -huh. Description of Walter tallies, too. And yeah, there's something that doesn't tally, though. Mileage on that car. Could be something wrong with the speedometer cable. Happened in my car a few weeks back. Maybe. And I'll be back sometime tomorrow. Where are you going, Jace? Abilene. Abilene. <laughs> 
I hit the highway, I put in a shortwave call to headquarters, station KTXA. Unit 10 to KTXA. KTXA, go ahead, Unit 10. This unit en route to Abilene. Request Abilene police secure names of all contacts made by subject Walter Deneen, registered Harris Hotel, there yesterday. Will do, Unit 10. Unit 10 sent piece of wire back to lab for examination. Any report yet? Not yet. Wire and fingerprints both under study. We'll keep you informed. 10-4, Unit 10, clear. KTXA Austin. Abilene. I got a complete rundown on Walter Deneen's activities. It was too complete. Like he was making sure his time in the city would be accounted for. One of the people who'd seen him was his attorney. Well, yes. Yes, Ranger. Mr. Deneen spent several hours with me yesterday afternoon. We had dinner together last night. Went to the theater. What did he come to see you about? Well, some investments. He's been doing a little speculating, Cotton. Good or bad? Well, it's client business, and I don't think I have the right to discuss it. I can find out by checking with the exchange. I'm just asking you to save time. All right. His losses have been rather heavy. More than he could afford? Much more. He carry much insurance on his wife and child? A normal amount, nothing large. All right, thanks. One more thing. Are you sure Deneen doesn't benefit financially by his wife's death? Now, Ranger, he couldn't have gotten back to Ashton by 1.30 last night after we'd been out. That isn't what I asked. Well, Mrs. Deneen had a good bit of money in her own right. In case of her death, though, she had it tied up in trust for the child. But the child is dead, too. What happens now? Well, in that case, the entire state will probably go to Mr. Deneen. I made one more stop before I headed back to Ashton. I paid a visit to the garage at the Hotel Harris. I keep the location of all guest cars on this index rack so we'll know which stores they're in when they want them. Was Walter Deneen's car in here yesterday? Deneen? That's um, D-I-N, isn't it? Uh-huh. No, there's no record of it. Was he a guest at the hotel? Yes. Is there any parking lot around here he might have used? Not convenient to the hotel, and parking is free here for guests, so I don't think he'd use a lot. Neither do I. Thanks. Before I left Abilene, I called my headquarters. They had a report. No strange prints had been found in Nadine's house. The wire key looked like a plant. I hung up and made another call to Sheriff Ross. I'm beginning to wonder about Walter myself, Jase. Why? He's been kind of curious about where you are. I told him you went to Abilene just to see if it would draw him out. Good. How'd he react? Kind of nervous. Then he said something about flying up to Abilene and back. Of course, he never did say he drove it. No, but he gave the impression that he drove. Well, even so, he was there when the killing took place. Yeah, but the killer had the use of Deneen's car. Can you get your hands on the car? Well, it's over in back of the funeral parlor right now. That's where Deneen said he was going just a few minutes ago when he stopped by to ask about you. Well, grab that car and check it for fingerprints. I'll be there as fast as I can roll. Oh, howdy, Jake. 
worked over, Sheriff? Yeah, ought to have reports on the prints soon. Send them to Austin. Find any strangers? Quite a few of one set that weren't Deneen's. Uh, if they belong to a professional killer, there's a good chance he'll have a record. Where's Deneen? My deputies are out looking for him. Why? I thought he was at the funeral parlor. So did I, until I went in to look for him after we finished on the car. The undertaker said he'd left more than an hour ago by the front door. Mm, that's the spot that you working over the car. Come on, let's find him. Yeah. Not at the house, not any place in town. Where could he be if he hasn't run out? Trying to cover up for a couple of mistakes? He won't run, not yet. Why? Because his alibi is airtight. We can shake it, but unless we find the killer he hired, we can't shake it enough. Uh, he took a big gamble, and he's got too much at stake to run off. His wife's money? How'd you know about that? Just thinking back. A little late. Folks knew Mrs. Deneen's family left her well off. Walter married her not long after they passed on. A lot of people thought the money had something to do with it. I wish you'd remember that sooner. Well, Jace, they seem close. And then there's the baby. The baby was just something extra that got into Neen's way. Oh. Never gotten any of the money. Of... KTXA, Unit 10. Well, maybe a report on the prince. Mm. Unit 10. Go ahead, KTXA. Have report on prince lifted from the car at Ashton, Texas. One set identified as belonging to Joe Crofton. Joe Crofton. Uh, any line on his whereabouts? Finished serving parole four months ago. Last address known to parole office was Shack, located west in the slope of Casket Mountain. 10-4, unit 10, clear. KDXA Austin. Crofton must be the killer then, Jace. I'll bet on it. How far to Casket Mountain? About 20 miles, then turn south another five. After that... Well, we'll need horses if he's far up. Should have brought your horse along the trailer with charcoal. Oh, I can borrow one. Crofton's going to be tough to take. You sound like you know him. I wrote the ticket for his last trip to Huntsville six years ago. That was murder, too, but he copped out with a manslaughter plea. Better not take any chances, Jason. He starts shooting, we'll have to toss it back dead center. No. we got to take him alive. He'll talk to keep from burning once we get him. Yeah. Yeah, I see. If Walter Deneen paid him to do the job, he's the only one can break Deneen's alibi. That's right. So no matter what happens, we've got to take him alive. Crofton's cabin was up, all right. Way up. The sheriff borrowed a horse from the man who directed us. Quite a climb, Jase. Not so bad following this wash, though. Suppose he isn't there. I got a hunch he will be. I don't think Deneen had enough money to pay for this killing. He was almost broke. You mean he planned to pay off out of his wife's money when he got it? Yeah. Uh, wonder how Walter arranged for him to get the car that night. Not much to arrange. Left it near the airport with the keys in it. Crofton brought it back and left it in the same spot. Probably left the house key for him, too. Glove compartment, maybe. Yeah. With the airport 40 miles from Ashton, nobody recognized the car or a strange driver. Come in at night, use an abandoned road. Yeah. Look. Huh? Hey, another horse left traction here, too. Yeah. And they're fresh. Ooh. Ooh. Ooh oh, boy. It must be Crofton's horse. No. Ryder was taking the rough way. Just cut into the wash here to find a better trail. Crofton lives up here. He'd know the best trail. Well, who else would be coming up here? Deneen, to shut him up. Come on. God, here, give off. Not too fast, Jason. We'll spill. You gotta risk it. Too slow, we'll be too late. Mm-hmm. 
reached the shack and crept up on it. There was no horse around and no sign of life. Tried to draw fire by showing ourselves, but none came. We had to go in. All right. Hold your gun ready, Sheriff. And don't come in till I call you. Right, Jason. Deneen got here first. Jace, this fellow looks like he shot himself. Guns in his own hand. Now, what's his paper beside him? Let's see. Jace, he did kill himself. This note says so. Confesses the murders, too. Sure it does. But Walter Deneen wrote that. And that note's gonna hang him. How do you know? You ever seen Deneen's writing? No, but I've seen Crofton's before. He signed his name with an X. Prison records show he's illiterate. Never could read or write. Come on, Sheriff. Gonna put out a pickup for Deneen? We'll pick him up ourselves. He can't be far off. But if he'd headed back down the wash, we'd have passed him on our way up. He must be going across the top of the mountain to go down the other side. Come on. Yeah. We raked our horses as fast as they could move. We spotted the rider ahead of us as he topped the slope. And he heard us because he looked back and then whipped his mouth and disappeared. He knows we're on him. Got about 300 yards. We'll get him. Keep pounding leather. Yeah. We're coming to the top now. Keep low in the saddle. Watch out for an ambush. There he is. Don't go down too fast, Sheriff. Your horse will come to the down grade. The knee was passing too hard, Jay. He fell. Look. Yeah, he scrambled behind the rocks. Whoa, whoa, charcoal. Oh, oh, yeah. oh. Hit the dirt. Let your mouth go. Go on, charcoal. Go on. He's down under that rock shelf. Perfect cover. Not too perfect. Bullets will ricochet back from that ledge behind him. See that dent in the ledge? Yeah. Draw your gun and we'll empty it on him. Hit right below the dent. Right. All right. Let's hope for a billiard shot. Start firing. I'm hit! Stop it! I'm bleeding! Throw your gun out, Deneen! Okay, Sheriff. Let's take him. And I was sorry for you all up until a few hours ago. You gotta get me to a doctor. You're not hurt badly. We'll get you to a doctor. All I want to know is how you met Crofton. Come on, Walter. Talk up. I, I, I saw his picture in the paper when he got out of jail. I, I made a deal with him a couple of months ago. Yeah. A deal to wipe out your own wife and kid. Must be great to be as brave as you are. Get up, Deneen. You've got a long way to go. Walter Deneen confessed and made a plea for clemency. It was not granted. And on the 11th day of October, 1947, he died in the electric chair at Huntsville. Next week, Joel McRae in another authentic reenactment of a case from the files of the Texas Rangers.
Robert Gray is currently seen starring in the Universal International Technicolor production, Cattle Drive. The cast included Tony Barrett, Lorene Tuttle, Michael Ann Barrett, Hal March, and Paul Freese. Technical advisor was Captain M.T. Lone Wolf Gonzalez of the Texas Rangers. This story was transcribed and adapted by Joel Mercott, and the program was produced and directed by Stacy Keats. Hal Gibney speaking. Thank you.